With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Five, six, Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Here with my co-host, Chelsea Hopkins from overseas. We have a lot to talk about today, Chelsea. Obviously, you being overseas is a big enough in a story in itself. Obviously, that has a lot of uh, meaning now to our listeners and the people out there. Just a lot has happened since the last time you've been on the pod. 115, we were talking about the WNBA. We were just talking about basketball in general with, with Kelsey Bone. And I think some of the things we talked about today are then are really going to mean something today just in terms of like relations um what people focus on in terms of women's basketball in this country and and, and abroad as well so welcome aboard chelsea thanks for ha- for coming on again yeah thanks for having me back ronnie um i really enjoyed it the first time and you know i'm happy to dig in and you know talk a little women's basketball and overseas yeah definitely uh again like i said in the three or four weeks that that you guys came on and and we're talking about the WNBA and its future, it's like what we're talking about in the WNBA right now in the last few weeks, it's just unfortunate. Like there's not a lot of talk about like trades or uh, preseason favorites and who's going to be the rookie of the year and who's going to be the MVP. It's always about what's going on like behind the scenes. So we're going to try to cover all that. We're going to cover a little bit of the fiasco with the New York Liberty and their travel accommodations, some of the online risks people have with each other and obviously the situation with one of the league's best players Brittany Griner she's currently in, in Russia right now and we all know what that means and in, in the last few weeks uh, Russia has invaded uh, the Ukraine which is a country to the south so Jesse the first question our first thing I want people to know is like you're obviously in Israel and how far is Israel from Russia and Ukraine and just what's the general feeling like there you being in abroad and being an American citizen uh, thankfully Israel is very calm um, you know, we don't really have too much going on around here. We're about three hours away, uh, plane ride from Ukraine. So we have a lot of countries in between us, uh, Romania, Greece, Turkey, Syria. So, um, we're not really too much in close contact, uh, with Ukraine. So, you know, for us out here, we're just kind of going with the regular scheduled program. Uh, we're following the news and following everything like everybody else. I think you kind of do that no matter where you are. Um, so we're following, you know, the current events, but as far as being here, it's, it's safe, especially for us Americans. Um, we've had no real delays in our league. Um, we're about to start the playoffs as a matter of fact, next Monday. 
Um, so actually, as of this weekend, a lot of the teams that didn't qualify are going to be going home. So more than half of the girls that play here uh, will be leaving. And yeah. the rest of us have about another six to eight weeks tops. So by the end of April, um, we'll all be returning home as well. Gotcha. And let the people know, what are the general makeups of the team? Like, how many girls are from Israeli? And then is there like two Americans? You know, or where, what parts of the world are they from? Yeah, so, well, the way the Israeli League is set up, uh, there's 10 teams. And most okay. of the major cities have a team. Okay. Um, and it's three foreigners per team. So you have three foreigners. And when you say foreigners, generally in the, in the Israeli Women's League, they're American. Um, most okay. of the teams have American basketball players. Uh, yeah. We've all come across each other cross paths at some point in time because we've played each, uh, played each other in college or, you know, Division One or whatever. Um, every now and then you see a Bosman, which is basically a foreigner that's not American, um, somebody from Europe. Um, okay. You know, so sometimes every now and then a team will will pick up a Bosman. And usually they do that if they're playing in Euro Cup because um, yeah. Euro Cup only allows two Americans. But in the Israeli League, you need basically three foreigners. So you find you know, a player that can join both the Israeli league and also Euro cup qualifiers or competition. So, um, but that's kind of rare. There's only, there was two Euro cup teams this year. Uh, every now and then there's probably like at least one, sometimes two. Uh, so for the most part, it's just, it's foreigners, it's three per team. So that's 30 total. Um, and we're all out here just, you know, trying to make it. Yeah. Trying to, yeah. Finish the season strong and, and, and trying to make it, like you said, that, that makes sense. Now give me the general, like sense of has the locals Israelis or other people, maybe even your coaches administration or the league have you, they've been talking to any about like, Hey, Russia's maybe doing something here. You guys just be aware they could be an invasion or they could be, you know, doing something to another. Have did you guys hear any of that leading up to, to the invasion? Not at all. Honestly, wow. um, they're just kind of more concerned about, you know, the stuff that happens here. Um, okay. I think it would be something to be talked about if the Americans like feared for their safety, but you know, sure. we more so talk about it amongst each other, um, especially, yeah. especially having a fellow, you know, basketball player that's, you know, kind of stuck in Russia and Brittany Griner yeah. and just other yeah. girls too. And people that we know from just the basketball community that are playing there. Um, I have yeah. a few friends that are playing in the Russian league or were playing. A lot of them have returned home yeah. or went to different countries at this point. Um, okay. But no, they don't really talk so much about it here. Um, you know, Israel, you know, and they, they always kind of are under attack and feel like, you know, they have their own problems. So they got I don't want to say, yeah, I don't want to yeah. say that they're like, you know, sweeping the Russian stuff under the, under the rug, but, you know, because it doesn't really affect them. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, we're definitely, We'll get to uh, Brittany in a, little, in a little while about and maybe what any inside your friends or people in Russia yeah, may think sure. or say. But, yeah, that's been a crazy couple of weeks, as, as we know. Just to give the people the background, the, the latest with that is, you know, it seems to be changing by the hour. Honestly, I think when there's a problem in America, they think the news they get is like the truth and gospel. But, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Israel TV <laughs> Israeli TV has a certain slant and view of it. I'm sure Russia le- releases what they want to the West, the so-called West, like here in America. And and that's the thing I see is like people don't understand that every part of the world or different parts of the world have different views of the same topic, which we're talking about is a, is a crisis between two countries. You know, um, do you kind of get maybe what you watch locally? Or I know you can jump online. Like, obviously, you talk to your family back home. You know, is, is people getting different information or 
is when you talk to somebody from back home or online, do they are they getting basically the same information you're getting? Uh, well, we kind of from the people back home, that's where we get our information from. Like, yeah. you know, in Israel, news outlets, they're, they're speaking in Hebrew. Um, you know, okay. there's a couple channels, I-24 or whatever that have English, you know, broadcast. Yeah. But for the most part, like I, I don't turn on the TV and watch the Israeli news. Like I'm getting my news from yeah. from our outlets, you know, and, and I try to, you know, stay away not stay away but just you know try to do as much research as possible because everybody every outlet has a slanted view whether it's you know fox news or cnn or you know whatever so i just try to kind of do my own research and read and 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 see what's happening but i'm getting most of my information from the internet and from my family back home um i don't really watch the news too much here got you yeah that that totally makes sense uh yeah it's it's very crazy because you hear like things of like provocation videos like that that maybe even like the Russian military is setting up a certain situation so there can be a reaction to like to create you know like discourse or create out outrage all over the world you know mm-hmm. and then we hear that the other way that you know we hear that the Russian uh, penetration maybe not as moving as good as Russia would want and then other people are saying oh yeah right they can they can take over that country whenever they want. So, you know, it's it's a scary time and and there hasn't been too much like that. Maybe in your lifetime, Chelsea, 9-11. I don't know how old Mm -hmm. you were. uh, The Gulf War, that was kind of big when I was was in school at the time. And it was like, well, we're going to war, you know, like it was pretty big. I remember I was when I heard that some people were going to, um, you know, be deployed for the Gulf War Mm -hmm. in 1991. It was like, wait a minute, war? Like, why are we at war? Like, yeah. Like we are supposed to be at, like we're not supposed to be at war. Like that's something in World War II in Korea and all that's old. Like, but no. Yeah, no. you think yeah, you read about it in books and stuff, and you just can't believe that you know, yeah. like it's happening. And then you hear about yeah. all the threats and stuff, and who knows how credible they are. But you know, Russia has nuclear weapons, and you know, America's yeah. supposed to be the most powerful. Like, if they do something, then we'll do something. And it's just like, it's yeah. it's scary. Like, I I just feel so sad for the people that are just in the crossfire. That honestly. Yeah don't really not that they don't have a dog in the fight but they're not involved and even yeah. the, the citizens in russia that are kind of suffering too in a sense because you know we're taking away all of their you know monetary capabilities and access to everything and a lot of those citizens are protesting and don't believe in the war either but we're yeah. punishing them because it's like we have to you know what i mean yeah, so for sure it's just it hard a lot like, of people yeah yeah, I feel sad. Ukraine, yeah you know 40 million people or maybe maybe 80 Ukraine has a lot of people like more than California, it's bigger than Texas. So like people, and then people obviously in America watch a lot of movies. So they think war is like Saving Private Ryan or Red Dawn or anything. Yeah. Like it may not be like that. You know, like you don't just overtake a country bigger than Texas. Like you're not going yeah. to just- And to just have to pick country. up, I just think yeah. about the people having to pick up at the drop of a dime. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm a homeowner. I have stuff, yeah. I have family. So for somebody yeah. to say, leave the country. Leave your yeah. house, leave your belongings, leave everything oh. that you've worked for, everything that you have ever, you know, yeah. accumulated from your family or from just personal, like, leave it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just can't imagine. So I just feel bad for just the kids and just everybody involved that is like, yeah. you know, having to just get out of there for their own safety and don't even really know where to go. All these refugees yeah. are just kind of going into any country that will accept them at this point. Wow. Like, yeah. And that's not going to end for any time soon. So. Yeah, speaking of that, and you speak speaking of your belongings, Chelsea. I know you like. I'm gonna change subjects here. I know you like yeah. kicks and oh, and absolutely. and gear. So I wanted to let people know about. I don't want to do it at the end because I want to see if, if people listen at the beginning as well. I want to tell people about our, you know, 
our uh, new podcast and it's uh and the balls live network kicks up your life with with jordan mm-hmm. mclaughlin of the timberwolves so make sure you check out the balls live uh podcast network on youtube uh you know obviously we appreciate people listening on spotify itunes so that's a new one kicks of your life like i said with j mac from the timberwolves he's going to talk about Basically, you know, shoes and lifestyle, you know, Chelsea. Nice. You yeah, you got to have me on. We're going to have to talk yeah, about he's gonna have, to have you on. <laughs> or we're going to have to get him on this one to talk about his his podcast. So hopefully we can do that. I, I don't know how often he's doing it, but uh, obviously he's in planning an NBA season or, or back and forth. So we'll check that out. But, yeah, make sure you check out that one, Unapologetic, Buckets and Breakdowns, Noble and Roosh. So also this Friday on the 11th, March 11th, as you watch, as you listen to this and watch this podcast, we're going to have a woman's splash drop, our second installment of a woman's line. It releases, like Ooh. I said, this Friday, matching sweatshirts, shorts. It's a limited release, so make sure to check out shop.ballslife.com then. Uh, this upcoming weekend, Friday the 11th, you can still use that one-time discount code in the paint for the In the Paint show. It's paint one five. Once again, that's P-A-I-N-T-1-5, shop.ballslife.com. You'll see the uh, advertisement for on social media for our women's drop. And and the guys were mentioning, so like, why don't you give your co-host Chelsea some 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 gear? I'm like, yeah. I actually have gonna... a Ball is Life shirt, but I need to get my gear up because some of the stuff that you guys have been putting out lately has been fire. So yeah, I do have yeah, a shirt. Like, not with yeah, me, like, but that's I have cool, one. Yeah. I appreciate you got a shirt, but I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to have to wait till she gets back, guys. <laughs> so we'll definitely... Uh, send you some stuff when you get back from abroad and we maybe even have to do a little review on what it is and really give give your feedback of what you think it is, how good you think it is but again okay, this Friday we're going to drop some stuff so appreciate that so let's let's change gears I'm going to talk about uh, the current stuff that is going to happen in the upcoming days and when we jump on next week's pod we'll review it but you know the state championships are having happening in quite a few states so I just want to go over that real quick and, you know, the state championships are going down in Arkansas, Georgia, Illinois, North Carolina, Texas. The ones in Texas are big in California. So I'll be taking off. Mm-hmm. I'll watch the Pac-12 uh, tournament here in Las Vegas for a day or so. Then I'm going to head to Sacramento for the state championships. State championships are happening for the first time since 219. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Yeah, it just it doesn't seem like that's a long time ago. And then it's, it's just, it seems like I haven't been to a state final in a long time, like just. You know, Nevada season got canceled completely last year. That's just it's wait, been- wait. Who do you got winning the Pac-12 on the men's side? Uh, the Pac-12. Let's. I'll just go with the favorites. The number one seed, Arizona. I, I think they're playing really well. And next week we're going to get into our tournament predictions. So make sure you guys tune back in next week. Chelsea will be on. We'll have Ani on. We'll talk about a lot about the tournament. Still, so much can happen. I think we were going to talk a little bit about this week, Chelsea. But it's like. There's so much going on with <laughs> Every the, tournament, the tournament, the uh, mm-hmm. conference tournament champions. Like, we can't break down our, our things. We're going to have to wait another week, and we'll, we'll see the brackets and see how it goes. But I have Arizona. Again, uh, we'll see what Arizona does. I just really like the way they play as a team. Obviously, Tommy Lloyd, the former Gonzaga assistant, uh, you know, he took over that reign from Sean Miller, and they, they just played really well. They're really a close-knit team. Uh, they really play together. And I, on the men's side, I don't know how it is on the women's side, Chelsea. There's some college teams that are not really – they don't have both feet in, you can tell. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. good teams. They're good players. But they're thinking about the portal. They're thinking about the yeah. NBA. It's just obvious. Like, just sometimes when they play – again, we'll get into that next week. But 
you know, what do you think about this? I want to get your opinion real quick. You know, again, common note coming over from Gonzaga. Gonzaga, number one, Arizona, number two. Like, do you realize it's been since 1997 since the West Coast teams won the whole thing? Did you Man, know that? I did not know that, but I'm cheering very hard uh, for Gonzaga. We have a Vegas kid on the team. I'm from Vegas. If yeah. you guys didn't know that, uh, Julian Strother, um, yeah. he's incredible. I know his dad. I know him. Yeah. So, you know, I'm always going for the home team. And, sure. you know, I'm UNLV. Um, oh, you know, yeah. I'm Gonzaga. I'm Kentucky because they have girls players from Vegas there. I'm Tennessee. So I have so yeah. many teams that I just follow and keep track of. Uh, but Julian, yeah. I'm yeah. always rooting for him. And he had a great game against Duke um, earlier in the season on TV. And, yeah. you know, if he could, if I could see a Vegas kid win it, then, hey. I'll be happy. Yeah, that's pretty nuts because people are trying to figure out where they're going. I'm like, well, if Gonzaga's number number one, they'll probably be in the West. Arizona yeah. probably gets shipped to the Southeast. But I'm like, it's very rare that we have, like, the two best teams in in yeah. the country. And it's and definitely it's, geographical. You know how they yeah, try yeah. to arrange it, you know, kind of like basically. So it's going to be hard because, yeah. you know, only one team could. be. Yeah, they're not going to be in the same bracket. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah they have to go to, to opposite sides, so. We'll see yeah. what happens. They're not going to – they most likely won't meet to the championship game if they win the conference tournament. Obviously, you mentioned UNLV, the Big West tournament. It's at the new facility in Henderson. Um, Ooh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, the Big West. So we'll see how UNLV does. And obviously, Bryce Hamilton and the California from Pasatina is have, having a really good season. That I am really awesome. happy for Julian uh, because, again, it's the microwave cookie cutter uh, society, you know, he came off the bench last year and everybody's like, Oh, Julian, maybe he should go. So I'm like, that's the first thing people think about. Oh, is how yeah. is he going to make it? But like, he's starting this year. And he's, he's a good kid. And he, and he is a yeah. workhorse. I used yeah. to train with him when he was in high school. So yeah. I, I know how he works. I know his dad, I know his family. He, yeah. you know, he has the right people around him and yeah. he's going to be fine because he just works hard and he, and he's okay with, you know, doing it the hard way. You know, yeah. everybody can't come and play right away and play, sure. you know, 30 minutes or 40 minutes and be a star. Like he's okay with, you know, being great later. And yeah. and that's the ultimate goal. His dream is to play in the NBA. And, you know, as long as he's making strides and trending upward, then he can get there when he gets there. Not everybody's going to be one and done, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And so yeah. I'm proud of him. He's doing awesome. So hopefully he keeps it up. Yep. And his sister plays, did his sister play ball somewhere? She did. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, his sister played ball as well. Yeah, I know his family a little bit as well. Yeah, the former Liberty standout. So we'll see, and we'll see how he does in the, in the tournament, and we'll get back to that a little bit more next week when we have some information. So this Tuesday, as you listen to this pod, again, and when we get it live and you're listening, it'll probably be pretty close to the start of the Centennial Sierra Canyon game in the CIF SoCal Open Division. Centennial's been nice. the top team for most of the – most of the season, they're ranked number five in my Fab 50. Um, Sierra Canyon won the rematch against Harvard Westlake, which they lost to in the mm -hmm. sectionals, but they beat them in the regionals. So they're going to play on Tuesday night on the Lakers channel. Uh, Spectrum. So it's at 6 wow. p.m. local. I know a lot of people have been asking, how can I watch the game? How can I, you know, it's like, it's they don't know what channels it on. Yeah. It goes from a local TV channel in the regular season to valleys in the sectionals and then mm. goes to the spectrum in the regional so people are like wait a minute i already thought sierra canyon lost it's california has a weird playoff system so we're in the in the regional finals now this tuesday so sierra canyon versus centennial they haven't met this season they obviously have played big games in the past in the other norcal final is number 37 in the fab 50 campolino versus modesto christian both of them have mm. great have been playing great campolino's only lost one game 
So I'll just make my prediction now for 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 here as my game will be close to over by the time people listen. But I'll say that playing for the CIF state final on Saturday at the Golden One Center will be Centennial in a close game over Sierra Canyon and Camp Alindo. Centennial will be good together. Uh, they only have one loss to Duncanville. Sierra Canyon has lost to Duncanville as well. Sierra Canyon has had different lineups, have some injuries. Amari's missed some time. I don't know if you I was about to say, is Amari good now? He's yeah, Amari's right? good in the playoffs, and he's he's been doing good. Then Bronny's okay. missed the game. Like, Bronny had his a little hit pointer, got hurt, and then he missed the game. So they've changed their lineup, but they're obviously very talented. Most people think they're the only team that can really play with Centennial. Centennial's been rolling through the playoffs. Really? They just have a really great continuity. Uh, Coach Josh Giles does a great job there, and obviously they're trying to win their first. They've had a great program. They've produced a lot of college players and a few NBA players over the last 10 years, but they've never really won a state title on the on the court. Last year they won the sectional, but they dropped out of the regional because the, the season was in June, and they went to the live NCAA live period to play as a team instead of playing for the, for the regional, mm-hmm. they, which was a great move for them because they had, they had all a bunch of sophomores, and all those guys got scholarships based on what they did in the live period. So – Right. That was in June last year. The season was a little weird. This is kind of a quote unquote normal season. It's going to end at a normal time. So, you know, those guys were mostly all juniors now. And, and like I said, Jared McCain, uh, Devin Williams, Donovan Den, who's the only senior in the starting lineup. He's going to New Mexico. They, they've been playing great ball. So nice. right now I'm picking them over uh, Sierra Canyon. We'll see the, the game will be tonight and Tuesday. So in Texas, uh, Duncanville's in. The number two team in the country's in their semifinal, Class Six A versus Atascacita, mm-hmm. and the other semifinals, number twenty five McKinney versus Austin Westlake. McKinney just knocked off Richardson in the regional quarterfinal. So those are the games that we'll be watching. I wanted to uh, let people know, obviously, the McDonald's game is back. That's uh, Tuesday, I think, March thirtieth. And so Ooh, that's okay. something, that, yeah, watch. You know, it's it's been off for two years. The the game was not played in. 220 and 221 and and also the nike hoop summit i wanted to go over that that's back at the moda center on april 8th nike hoop summit where a lot of you know we see our the international players for the first time tony parker made his name in that game dirk nowitzki had a famous game in 1998 everybody mm-hmm. knew about him after that game so wanted to run over the usa roster real quick and we jump into our next topic uh amari bailey who we just mentioned a few minutes ago sierra canyon grady dick Going to Kansas from Sunrise Christian, uh, Duke commit Kyle Foplitsky, Keontae George at IMG. He's going to Baylor. Derek Lively is going to Duke. Uh, Dylan mm-hmm. Mitchell from Montverde is going to Texas. Nick Smith, North Little Rock, Arkansas. Their team's playing for in the state semifinals this week. He's going to Arkansas, the University of Arkansas. JJ Starling from La Lamere. He's a really having a really good uh, year. Jerace Walker from IMG. He's going to Houston. Khalil Ware from also from North Little Rock. They're actually teammates. He's going to Oregon. He's a center. Mm-hmm. And and Derek Whitehead, Montverde going to Duke. Cam Whitmore going to Villanova. So that's the USA uh, select team. Obviously, we'll we'll be watching that on April eighth. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that game is back, and I'm just glad those games are back in general. You know, yeah. a couple years off, and it's just. You know, people, I mean, they've named the McDonald's team. We named the Ball's Life All-American team. I saw team. that, yeah. Like, but no game have, was played. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little it's a little odd. <laughs> so I'm glad that those players are going to get in to enjoy that. So let's jump into our next topic, Chelsea. We have to mention the Lakers because we talked about it last year with Ani, but I got to <laughs> mention with you because that's that's your, it's you know, team. You, you, 
for now. Follow that for now. Good insight. And, you know, it's just, we're not going to spend too much time in it, but just so much happens. It's like every day something new happens. So, yeah. The Lakers get booed off the court basically against the Pelicans on February mm-hmm. 27th. So, you know, they didn't make a move in the before the trading deadline. And everybody on social media is like, this team's done. They're washed. They're old. And then they play the Warriors and LeBron has a 56-point game. So take us through that, Chelsea, what you thought of that. And then they come back out and he doesn't play the next game. So it's like, it's just like a soap opera. Yeah, it's so up and down with the Lakers. Um, It's very uh, stressful being a Laker fan at this time. But, you know, there's always the chance. It's not over till it's over. Like the Lakers have to look forward to playing in the playing game, hopefully trying to advance, hopefully making it out to, you know, either play the Warriors or the Suns in the first round. But until that doesn't happen, like as far as them not making the playoff, the playing game, then there's always a chance. And, you know, just like Bron has the ability to get up for 56 games, I think he can get up for a playing game and, and have that type of performance. I don't think that it's sustainable to think that LeBron is going to play like this all the time, you know, being 37 years of age. Um, But he definitely can get up for a game, you know? So I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that Anthony Davis will be back at that time. You know, I'm hoping that people would lay off Russ. Like I feel so heartbroken about Russ. Like I want to just give a little side note about him. The the criticism is warranted, but I I look at him and I look at his post-game interviews and stuff and he is just defeated. Like just mentally you know, like physically exhausted. And, you know, I, I, I hate to say that he's so combative with the media and stuff because they're always on him. Like it's his defense mechanism. Like I have to come back at you because you're constantly coming at me and, you know, he needs to play better. I'm a basketball player. I'm not going to disregard his performance, but I do understand that he's a human and I understand, you know, not playing to your ability you know, how you think you can play, how others think that you can play. Like everybody's had periods of time in their life, whether it lasted for a game or two games or, you know, even a sure. season, you know, for us. Yeah. So, you know, it, it sucks. Um, but, you know, he's tough. I'm hoping that he can, you know, bounce back and kind of figure it out. But the Lakers, to me, I think a lot of it is just simple. Um, yeah. The lack of chemistry of constantly having people in and out of the, the lineup, the, the lack of fit in terms yeah. of just having players that just don't really go together. Like Russ sure. needs the ball. Braun needs the ball. Like, you know, they just don't go. And then just, the, just the age, you know, Braun did a lot saying, keep the same energy. Our team is old, but we're fine. But it's like, no. <laughs> Everybody's talking young. about him on his butt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the NBA yeah. is young. And a lot of these yeah. teams too, like they're just playing harder than the Lakers. Forget the talent. Yeah. These That's, teams are young and they're running and they're gunning and the Lakers are like, you know, slow down. Like we want to yeah, play, yeah. but not that fast. And when you go play pickup and that's that old group and they want to call every fouls on the, when it's game point, yeah. you know, that's what they look like. Like they don't want to lose cause they don't want to get off. And that young team knows that they're better. Like, but they're yeah. like, and it's just, sometimes the pace of the game, it's just, it's too fast. And, yeah. you know, these kids don't care that, you know, no. Bron and Carmelo and, and yeah. Russ and their Hall of Famers and their top 75, these, these kids are hungry. I look at John Morant and the Grizzlies and they were just talking crazy to Bron, talking crazy to everybody on the team. It's like, Bron, like everybody respects you, but they don't care about any of that. Right now no. they're hooping and you're going slow and they're going fast and they're, they're winning by, by 20. Like it's too wow. much. Yeah, yeah it's so. pretty nuts because as you mentioned, after that 56 point game, then, he, then they, he, they lose the next game. So 
since since February 12th, they're they're one and seven with like you said that one 124-116 win yeah. over over the Warriors. But so there's no consistency. Think, every yeah. day something's happening. Literally, yeah. like every day. Yeah. And that's so. kind of like similar with his son's team at Sierra Canyon. They've had so many different lineups. Now they can win tonight's game against Centennial, but like you said, some games uh, Bronny doesn't sat out. Amari's been sitting out. They've been they have a lot of really good players, as good as a, a high school team can have, really like eight or nine deep. But it, it, sometimes, like you said, a team with more continuity uh, is it, just playing better. So it's kind of interesting how those how those parallel each other a little bit. Now, do you think that Chelsea? I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Do you think by them not making a move before the deadline? has led to some of this or they should have, or is this, they were tied because of salary cap constraints, uh, the, the, the salaries they make and then they just couldn't do much. I mean, it, it was definitely difficult, you know, yeah. considering, you know, what people make on the roster and stuff like that. But, you know, they had some teams that were kind of willing and, you know, they were unwilling to give up, you know, picks and stuff that they gave up so willingly in the past um, so, to kind of yeah. make a move. I felt like they had that, the cloud over their head of, you know, the trade deadline's coming, what's going to happen? And yeah. then now they have the cloud over their head of not doing anything and nothing has gotten better. Nothing so I was hoping done. that there would be some type of relief. Okay, the yeah. trade deadline's passed, Russell's staying, this is yeah. what we have. All right, guys, like, let's figure it out. But let's now it's happen. like, this is what we have. Anthony Davis is hurt again. Can <laughs> we figure it out? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, It's so like, I, I don't know, the Lakers are a mess. And I honestly like wish that we would not talk about them every day because there's so many like yeah. better talented teams there's and things. Great talk stories about. out there. Yeah, yeah. But people like the drama. The Lakers are drama. Oh, like yeah, the Lakers is, are is drama. Ron playing? Is yeah. Russ upset? Is yeah. AD available? Like yeah. it's just, it's always something. Yeah. So based on that, it's like people are talking about that new HBO doc winning time. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm gonna watch. I may, I may binge watch it again. We can maybe go over it if you watch it. Uh, somebody's gonna have to tell me like this is worth watching. Like this is good. You're gonna get a lot of it because I saw it at the time. I lived. I felt like I lived through it. Like I was, you know, I was a kid at that age or a young man. man I'm like, this is so awesome. Like it's yeah. not gonna get any better than this. So I don't want to ruin, maybe ruin some of my memory of some of that. I, I don't know if you have any interest in that, but. I'm it definitely going to watch it. Um, yeah. Just okay. being a basketball kind of historian and fan sure. of the game, like I'm going to watch it. You know, I don't know great, how great. much I'm going to enjoy it, you know, <laughs> and if it's going to alter, you know, my view on, you know, the yeah, Lakers yeah. or, you know, their dynasty. I don't know. But, you know, yeah. I'm going to watch it. Why not? And okay. I'm overseas. Great. Like all we do is watch shows when we're not. Yeah. Playing. Okay. So, so I'm going to hit you up that. about that and we'll see how many episodes there is. But it seems fairly interesting. I'm just not going to do it until somebody's like, Ronnie, you got to watch this. Yeah. And that person has to be. 40 some or 50 like pretty good. Ain't gonna be like no 25 year old like dude that was gonna be like yeah because you weren't you didn't see it in real life. <laughs> so it'd be interesting, but hopefully they do uh, do it. Seems like it's pretty interesting. It's getting a lot of yeah. publicity. So, um, you know we'll, we'll we'll switch courses on that and get to our main topic. Our main in the paint topic obviously is you know basketball in a time of crisis. This is mm-hmm. this is a crazy time. Like we like we mentioned, um, you know. Uh, the Ukrainian athletes have joined the military. You know, that's just, wow. Like you see guys coming home from the winter Olympics and like, I'm with my country now, like, whoa, you know, that that's, and then obviously we hear the reports of like anything else, people, like you mentioned at the top of the show, people trying to leave Ukraine. And now we hear reports of there's discrimination for people trying to get out of Ukraine based on what they look like. Like it's just, it's never ending. I know that's gotta be 
irritating you, Chelsea, or piss you off, or be like, dude, when does this ever end? Like, it, it, it's just a never-ending thing. So, you know, based on that, like, you know, we like you said, there's been, you know, Europe is is a huge market for, especially for women, like you mentioned, and the spots are at a yeah. premium. Um, you know, does does I know you mentioned Israel doesn't have like a lot of conflict right now. Do you guys, is there a U.S. embassy that you've ever been to, or like, do everybody's in there told you with Chelsea? If you ever have an issue do- domestically, or if you ever have something that goes wrong, is there somewhere you can talk to other Americans, or is that not a you talk to your team or you talk to the owners of the team or something? What, what do you um, have? Well, we, all of us Americans stick together, so we're all constantly talking just amongst the players on the other team. But okay. there is a U.S. embassy here. Um, it okay. was a big deal a couple of years back because the embassy was located in Tel Aviv and Donald Trump moved it to Jerusalem, wow. which was like very pleasing to like, you know, some people in Israel and some people opposed it or whatever. So it was a huge deal. Um, I've never personally been to the embassy because I've never had to. Um, you know, there hasn't been much conflict since I've been here. Uh, when they had a little flurry of, um, you know, there's always the Palestinian-Israeli conflict that's going on or whatever. But as far as like Israel, like, you know, being under attack, you know, it's not like there's like rockets and stuff flying over our head every day. But there has been an instance, and it was last year, actually, for the first time where, you know, there was a little bit of uh, warfare going back from the Gaza Strip um, to certain parts of Israel. So they were shooting rockets and stuff. It was kind of towards the end of our season. So I had already went home. Uh, But some of my friends were still here. Um, And, you know, it was kind of unsettling for them because we've all, Israel is, they they like to recycle the same players. So a lot of us have been here for multiple years. I've been in Israel for nine seasons now. A lot of my friends, five, six, you know. So, you know, all of us have been here without any, you know, disturbance. And so last time was the first year. Last year was the first time, you know, in in my experience um, that we've had, you know, kind of something happen. And none of us were harmed. You know, the season still finished. It was postponed and everybody made it home after a while. But it's just scary. So I just can't even imagine, you know, being in Russia, being in Ukraine. Um, I have a friend who was stuck in Ukraine um, in Maurice Creek, who just recently got home through Romania. Um, I have friends that play in Russia. Um, A Stanton kid who was playing for local in Russia who went home like. You know, a lot of the WNBA players, Natisha Heidman, she was playing there. They, they've evacuated. They've gone. John Quill Jones, she's gone. The only person that's, you know, still there is unfortunately Brittany Griner at the moment. Yeah. So talk a little bit about Maurice. I know he went to Indiana, George, George Washington, and um, NBC team in Ukraine. Um, so it's like he, from what I gathered and what we've seen on the media, and again, he's, 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 he was in a bomb shelter and he just like, he had to leave the team, you know, Talk a little bit about what you know about that and maybe what he was able to uh, relay to his friends or via, you know, email or whatever, however he was able to communicate. Yeah. So I actually met Maurice um, in Israel two seasons ago. Um, He played here briefly before going to a different country. Um, So I met him. You know, we became friends. The basketball community is very small. Once you play somewhere, people are passing through, coming and going, you meet him or whatever. So I met Maurice or whatever. He actually was home, um, you know, waiting for his next gig, maybe a couple you know, months back and he got a call from Ukraine and he was ready to go. He's always willing to, you know, pick up and, and play. And, sure. you know, so he gets there, he's hooping, things are fine. And, you know, th- then we start getting these warnings, you know, that, hey, you know, Russia might, you know, invade, like it's becoming a big deal or whatever. 
um, when I talked to him on Instagram, he was saying like, you know, the team kept saying like, no, like nothing's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. he was asking like, you know, should I leave? Like the team's like, no, no, you know, you know how the news mm. is, the situation's overblown and all this kind wow. of stuff. So he actually had the opportunity to leave when um, things were kind of starting to get serious. And, and I'm right. not sure if he, he, he heard from the United States that it was time to go, but he definitely asked and thought like, Hey, should I leave? And his team was like, no, like, no, wow. we want you to stay. We want you to stay. Like, it's not that yeah. serious. And then before he can get out of there, it became serious. So wow. he got stuck. He literally got stuck. Um, he was hiding out, you know, underground kind of, you know, they have bomb shelters in all these countries because they, that's just kind of how they're built. It's not, you know, it's, it's very, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not, you know, customary in the United States to have a bomb room or just anything in any building for that matter. Like we just live, you know, normally, but, sure. you know, even in Israel, every house, every have, they have a bomb room, they have these bomb shelters. So, you know, he was basically kind of hiding out underground, trying to wait an opportunity to get out of there. You know, his family wow. was alerted back home. You know, there's people that are trying to get in touch with him and trying to figure out how to evacuate. And, and he was stuck. He was stuck for a couple of days while the madness was happening. And fortunately he was able to get out of there I think through uh, Romania wow, and get on a plane, but it took several days and people had yeah. already been killed and, you know, bombs have already been gone off. And yeah. he's, he said he's sleeping and he's hearing them through the middle of the night. Like it, it was just so much unrest. His mom was so upset. Oh, uh, he yeah. went live on Instagram a couple of times, just kind of explaining the situation. And, you know, everybody's trying to put their resources together to kind of figure out, you know, how to get them out of it, how to get them out of there. And, you know, I just felt, just as somebody who knows him, not even just his yeah. closest friend or his mom. Like I can't even imagine how his mom felt, but I just felt yeah. helpless for him. Like, like yeah. what can I even do? Like I I'm yeah. sitting here in my country and I'm watching everything unfold and I know that you're there. So all I could literally do was check in on him. Hey, yes. what's the update? Like, how's it going? You know, yeah. any news? Are you okay? Like, are you leaving? So I would do this, you know, every other day. And sure. so finally he said, by the grace of God, he was like, I'm on my way out. Like, I'm trying wow. to get out of there. So, and it worked out and he's safe at home and it, it's just a mess. It was crazy. Wow. That's, that is a crazy story. I'll just give people the background. What I, what I've heard or looked up is that, you know, um, Americans have been evacuating the U S embassy in Kaviv since at least January 3rd, at least, you know, again, American citizens or people there. And yeah. then, um, Adrian Godbold, she played at Illinois. She got an email on January 6th from the embassy saying she and other pro athletes should, Eva evacuate immediately but like you mm -hmm. said some of the teams may have been like no yeah. don't listen the to teams that are saying no way yeah. yeah and so that's just crazy you know how much do you trust or whom do you trust or turn um and then the agents and the players started asking their clubs to to release them in february mm -hmm. but you know some teams have not released their players from their contracts so like you said some of them went to other countries some have just gone home so do you think yeah. those players are like, wait a minute, I'm not going to be able to go. Do you have any concerns, Chelsea, that they're thinking, again, when things calm down, maybe in a year or something, that they're going to be like not going to be able to go back to certain teams because they're like still under contract? Or are they like, you think that? I mean, there's ways that you can fight it. But sure. these teams, like, it's hard. Like, okay. you know, yeah. a lot of the teams, the players kind of are not in hostage situations, but it's like, you know, you want to get your money. The sure. league is canceled because it's not your fault. We literally cannot play because there's a war going on. So sure. I want to go home, but you don't want me to go home because you want me to play games. And then you're not going to pay me if I do go home. Oh, and then boy. anytime you go to yeah. another team, Ronnie, the way that it works out is you have to get a letter of clearance from your previous team. Yeah. 
Yeah. So depending on the terms that you left, you know, your old team, yeah. it, it's yeah. not always easy to just get that letter of clearance. Some teams yeah. will send it right away. But some teams will lollygag and all it does is impede your ability to play for the next team because that's a FIBA rule. You need that yeah. letter of clearance. So, gotcha. you know, so I don't know. Rule. I hope that there has to be some type of like no team in Ukraine can hold this against any player for any matter. Like it's a yeah. matter of safety. Um, sure. But I, I can't honestly sit here and tell you that they may not try. You never wow. know. Yeah. Like you really just never know. It depends on kind of the relationship with the player and how it yeah. ended. So. Yeah, because it sounds a little like when you explain that, that makes sense. And I hope our, our listeners kind of understand. It sounds a little bit like a disgruntled college who doesn't release a player from his transfer, like his letter yeah. of intent. Or it's something. the same concept. It's the same yeah. concept. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. So, again, that's very interesting. And hopefully next week we have somebody on the pod who's who's um, we have a woman's player who who's, was in Russia. She's an American. So hopefully she can come mm -hmm. on next week and, and share a little bit more inside what she got through to leave Russia because she obviously was a trying to get out or has gotten out of Russia. Uh, thank God for her. So let's, let's jump into the, the, one of the main, obviously we want to talk about Brittany Griner a little bit. So uh, obviously one of the best players in the world, she's led her WNBA team to a title in 214. I believe she's only played for one WNBA team her whole career. Yeah, Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Phoenix. So, I mean, she's one of the, uh, you know, marquee players in the league and, Absolutely. Uh, you know, people bring up all these, all these, all these things. They're saying, "Well, America is at fault. Why should she ever have to leave? We're not paying her enough." You know, and then other people are saying, "Well, uh, you know, we don't have control. Like, we don't know. Did they plant it? Did they plant something on her to, to detain her?" Other people are saying, um, "You know, she should have followed the rules. She's not in America." Mm -hmm. So, when you first heard about this, Jesse, what was the first thing that came to your mind? total shock. And I want to tell you why. I was only shocked because not about the incident, but to find out that she had been detained for three weeks. Like, yeah. you know, okay. She had what she had, uh, allegedly. Like, we honestly don't even know. You yeah. know, it was, you know, cannabis infused oil. Um, yeah. You know, I, I never want to disregard a country's rules because obviously yeah. the things that are legal here are not legal anywhere else. So yeah. as a person, you take responsibility for that. But yeah. at, 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 at most, it, it should be a slap on the wrist. Send her yeah. back to her country, Get fine her, her do yeah. whatever. You have no, no reason to yeah. detain her for three weeks, to not allow her to speak with her family. You know, yeah. people make mistakes all the time. She's obviously yeah. not a citizen of that country. So maybe yeah. she wasn't aware. Maybe she was. But yeah. at the end of the day, send her back to where she's come from and... Yeah. You know, and 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 deal with, you know, if she ever wants to return, here's the repercussions, here's the consequences of what's previously happened. And yeah. and that to me would be the best case scenario. And I know it's not up to me, but I just don't understand. Like I don't understand, you know, why she's been there for so long, other for political reasons. And gotcha. you know, I would if I had to guess, yeah, I would say that she's the most high high profile American there. Player. Still, still if, there. If I had to guess. Like, yeah. you know, all of our premier, like, you know, top, top, top WNBA players play in Russia. And all of them mm -hmm. are at home at this point. Gotcha. John Quill Jones was talking about how she struggled to get out of the country, but she got out. You know, Natisha yeah. Heidman, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of WNBA players that play in Russia and all of them have gotten home. And gotcha. even amongst all those people, Brittany Griner is probably the most notable, the most high profile. She's a okay. black woman. She's queer. She's gay. Mm -hmm. 
You know, yeah. there's LGBT laws that are different in Russia that they hate other yeah. stuff, you know. So it, it's just so much controversy surrounding the issue that I that I'm honestly terrified for her. Like, I, I yeah. really just, you know, pray that she can make it home safely and, you know, she can deal with ever, what, whatever comes with that after she gets home. But, yeah. you know, she doesn't belong there. That's just my Roger. take on it. Okay. And, and as you're terrified for her, I feel for her as an American citizen. I'm terrified for our citizens and their reaction and how uninformed they are, Chelsea. And, and, and before, you know, as we, as we talk about this, and I want you to talk about the perspective you gained in the nine years that you've been pro and, and respect for other countries and how they live and things like that. But when, when I first heard about Brittany Griner's situation, all I'm hearing is like, mostly people on Twitter and other places you get mm-hmm. social media is like, Oh my God, why haven't we heard about this before? Why haven't they let her go? I'm like, guys, are you this uninformed? Mm-hmm. Like, are we this, I guess, shallow as Americans? Like, we don't understand what's going on in other countries or what they do or what uh, what they're going through. Like, Russia's a huge country. It's invading mm-hmm. another country. It's not mm-hmm. really an ally of the West. We have no diplomatic relations right now. We don't have any uh, diplomats there in that country. Like, do you think our young people are just not informed, Chelsea? Or they just don't, have to their credit or to their, you know, lack of knowledge. They just don't understand because they haven't been, they only know the American media. What what do you think the problem is there? Yeah. I mean, just people, unless you choose to do your research on, on stuff that's happening, like when things are out of sight, they're out of mind. Sure. That's literally how it is. So yeah. people, everybody has an opinion on everything, but if yeah. you're not educated to know what you're talking about, like you're really just talking. So I think a lot Got of it. people just have no idea. Being in a foreign right. country, the culture is different. The rules are different. The, the laws are different. And, yeah. and, and I'm not saying that Brittany didn't know, but there is a chance that she didn't. There, there's right. stuff in Israel that I had to adapt to and get used to. You know, yeah. a lot of people speak English here, um, but, you know, in Hebrew and in their language, they do a lot of hand gestures. We don't do gestures in the States. Like everything yeah. is, a, is a learning curve. Everything yeah. is an adjustment because you're literally in somebody else's space in place and just trying to figure things out. So, you know, a lot of people, it's easy to say, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, what you would have done. But if you're not in that situation, you don't know, you know? So, so I'm going to defend Brittany because she's one of us, you know, but I'm also going to say like, even the media outlets, some of the headlines are Brittany Griner, you know, detained for drugs. Well, is it cocaine? Is it heroin? Like be specific. Like you can't, like, it's literally, it's literally cannabis oil. Yeah. Yes, it is illegal. You know, yeah. it, it's not illegal in the United States. Yeah. Did she leave it in her suitcase? We don't know. But no, it, don't sometimes know. the headlines are just so deceiving and so misleading. And you have people that just take that little one sentence that they read and they run with it. Yeah. Like, you know, you would think some of the reports you would think she was dealing drugs in Russia, the way that they try to describe what they yeah. found in her suitcase when it was a measly bottle of oil, cannabis yeah. oil. So that's the part that's hurtful to me is people speaking on the situation, having no idea, never giving anybody the benefit of doubt. But, you know, Americans are so patriotic and, you know, innocent until proven guilty. But here comes Brittany Griner and they're they're now posting, you know, pictures of her being detained. And as an American citizen, you don't feel any empathy, any sympathy for for her being away from her family and and, and being stuck. You should. And we don't even know. We don't even know what happened. All we know we, is what's being reported. We don't even know what really happened. Like you said, yeah. so that's what brought my eyes. Like, wait a minute, guys, 
This is not a uh, Las Vegas uh, metro. Like, if she yeah. gets arrested, it's not going to be out five minutes later. Like, yeah, it's very serious. It's, yeah, it's, it's a serious, serious issue. So, you know, they're saying re just release her. Oh, Biden, get her out. Like, it's I'm not just, that simple. I, I wish yeah, it was. Yeah, I just a little scared for people that just are not un uninformed. So, my take would be on this whole thing, guys. Please read, read multiple different, uh, you know, sources of information. Get knowledgeable, but yeah, and then this other thing that oh, Britney shouldn't, and other girls should never have to be to Russia. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah. you guys want to stop her money? Like, now you're saying what, yeah, he shouldn't not... get paid. What? Like, of course. Yeah. Now this is just a once in a, you know, a once in a lifetime or once in a decade type of situation. But like, I would never tell no girls, including you or anybody else, like, don't go to another country to not get paid. If the WNBA ain't paying all year round, or you're not good enough to. You know, if they're not paying, we know they're not paying enough to sustain what you want to make. Go get paid. Why are you telling these girls not to get paid? Oh, they shouldn't be in other countries at all. What are you? Yeah. What are we talking yeah. about? Yeah, and Britney's been in Russia for several years. She's yeah. made millions of dollars there. She's made awesome. a ton of money. Yeah, she's helped you know? her family, helped her family's Absolutely. Lifestyle. And, like, you know, it was ultimately her decision to go. You know, yeah. the WNBA is not year-round. They only pay what they pay. I Everyone believes that they should pay more. But the two things, like... They're not though. <laughs> if they're not, yeah. And, and the two so, things, honestly, yeah. it doesn't matter. She's there. Yeah. She's stuck. We need to bring her home now. Yeah. It's not even yeah. about basketball at this point. It's about her getting here, and we can figure out the rest when she's with her loved ones and the people that care about her the most. Yeah. No. Yeah. That I agree with that. And and I'm I just wish people would be more informed on on this whole the, all the situation in in general with that. You know. Um, and there's just been so much with the WNBA regarding that. And as we talked about that last time, as we switch gears a little bit, and then hopefully she gets home. And hopefully by this time in our next spot or in future, you know, that we get some word that she's on her way or, or that she's getting home. And obviously people are going to want to hear what she has to say when that happens. And hopefully that does happen. But there's no guarantee. Like, like, like you said, Chelsea, the laws, I wanted to make this point. It's, they said the same thing during the Olympics when the sprinter got, uh, disqualified, you know, the uh, Shikari Richardson and everybody, I just don't understand people's point. They're saying, well, like uh, the it's legal. Weed is legal in 37 states or 36 states or whatever. It's like, this is the Olympics. You guys are you're mm -hmm. not wake up. Like not every, as you mentioned, not yeah. every country looks at things the same. They don't look at uh, LGBTQ the same. They don't mm -hmm. look at relations. Everybody has different views. Absolutely. Everybody has different mm -hmm. views. So I wish people up there would do a little more research, get a little more informed about that so that they can have share better, you know, top, top topics and share better thoughts on each topic instead of just spewing out the mouth and spreading uh, rhetoric, which is not going to help Brittany when she comes home. You know, it's just mm -hmm. not going to help her. Like, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's going to be a difficult situation. So let's talk about the W a little bit. I mean, Chelsea, so much has happened. Yeah. It's our last thought. And, and I wanted to bring up the point that you and Kelsey Bone had mentioned about the Atlanta Dreams owner and that you're hoping that that's an isolated incident and that, you know, most of the people look out for the teams, the players and, and their personnel. But I wanted to mention with this New York uh, Liberty situation, and, and I'm looking at it from a man who doesn't own a team and who grew up and not a lot of people were talking about girls basketball, you know, when mm -hmm. I was a kid, it just, you know, I know there was high school ball, there was no WNBA and, I kind of got that. I, I went against opposite you guys. I was like, some of these owners are just doing it to pat their own ego, mm -hmm. to 
tell their friends, yeah, I own that team. Yeah, it's, you know, who care? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And that kind of came out with that W the Liberty thing. Was like one of the owners mentioned, and I'll just quote what he said. Mm-hmm. You know, hey guys, I own a team. The value is zero. Zero. So I'm just doing it like to help women's sports. And mm-hmm. and I wanted to get your top top thought on that now because based on what happened, they were even talking about maybe disbanding the Liberty. Fine. At the end of the day, the fine ended up being 500k. You know, because of the the situation where they were chartering flights for the players, well, the rest of the league wasn't. Yeah, wasn't supposed to based on the rules. So, you know, it, it kind of we mentioned that on the episode 115. If the WME doesn't get rid of people that are not involved or invested for the right reasons, we're going to continue to talk about mm-hmm. off the court topics instead of the the quality of the play or the the great players. What yeah. Do you think? <sighs> it's sad, you know. There's just so much, like, I can really go in on this issue, like, forever. But, you know, as far as the the fine, let's start there with the, with yeah. the Liberty. So, yeah. first of all, the original fine was $1 million, which is like, okay, come on. Like, you never pay the girls a million? Like, it's, like, I'm ridiculous. Just, like, it's yeah. just way too much money for a team. You know, most of these teams are barely valued at a million dollars, if value at all, according to the owner that you just quoted. Yeah. Um, so, they dropped it down to 500 k And I understand the collective bargaining agreement. You know, there are rules. You don't want to give competitive advantage. But the thing that was notable to me, which I don't even know if they were trying to prove whether or not this was true or not, but they were saying that, you know, when they originally, um, the owner for the Liberty originally was talking about these chartered flights, that he understood that every team didn't have the ability to do it. So they kind of set up, you know, this, this proposition from, you know, whatever airline to basically charter these women's flights for, you know, three years and then figure out how we can keep the partnership going. Money right. has to obviously be involved at a later date or whatever. And they said that the WNBA declined this. So mm-hmm. my thing is, is like, you know, the CBA is hindering the growth of the league in, yeah. you know, for treating its players how they should be treated and how they would be treated in any other league besides the WNBA. Like, you know, I, I understand money is, is always going to be the root of every single thing. But, yes. you know, you are finding a team for trying to do something in the best interest of their players when they understood that it is only affecting their players. They try to figure it out for all players. And then you say no anyway. So yeah. how does the league grow? How does the league win? Like, yeah, it, it's just, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a terrible situation. And then the president comes out. She's denying all these reports whatever next thing you know you know they talk about that 75 million dollar investment that me and you and kelsey talked about on the last episode and the people are saying well let's use this money to charter the flight since you say it's going to run us about 20 million dollars a year oh no like we're going to use the money for marketing well there's not enough marketing in the world put the girls on the charter flights (laughs) use the other 55 million for whatever (laughs) marketing scheme that you want to do yeah. Which I just can't imagine. This better be the best marketing Ronnie I've ever seen. If you're going to put like, all a lot of money, I know you can <laughs> no seventy five because she doesn't want to yeah. put the twenty towards yeah. the chartered flights. So it's seventy five, yeah. and this better be the best marketing that I have ever seen because the WNBA has lacked in so many areas. I just can't fathom having seventy five million dollars of marketing and not being yeah. able to source out that money to yeah. different things and addressing the players' needs. This yeah. has been a player concern for so long. And yeah. to, to say that we don't have the ability to dress it, especially when we just received $75 million in investment, I, I just, I don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many things that 
are not being done. And, you know, I, who am I? I'm just a person on the outside looking in. Maybe sure. Kathy, the president, has, you know, some type of insider info of why they can't do the things that they're doing. But the players are disgruntled. Yeah. How, how do you want the league to grow? How do you want the league to be better when you don't even hear your players and, and try to reach some of their demands? And they're asking, honestly, for the bare minimum. They're asking for what everybody else gets in their leagues to not have to travel Southwest on a crowded flight the day before a game, maybe be delayed, maybe not make it on time to the city, have to play the game anyway, yeah. and then go somewhere else two days later. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's difficult. I understand there's a lot more ins and outs that, you know, we, the public don't know about, um, sure. but it's just sad. We need to find some type of solution. And I, I'm, I'm not really hearing anything but fines and we have money, but we're not putting it there. And it is what it is kind of thing. Yeah, that that's that that came apart real crazy because it's like you said, they got the seventy five million dollar investment. But like they're turning down something that the one thing that the players obviously Kelsey mentioned that they want first and foremost. The most. Yeah. So it's it's. It's a and the money, the money probably doesn't all come at one time. Yeah. Like obviously, yeah. you know how investment and stuff works, but sure. you, but you're basically saying you're not willing to do it. They're like, basically saying they're not willing to do it. So yeah, live with yeah it. like yeah, it's like, just no. We don't want to do no. it. Yeah. So you wonder so, with like how much you know? To me, that affects like do some girls want to work uh, with the WNBA in the future after they retire? That affects a lot of things because they could build like, hey man, you know, I'm doing this because I it's the only league here in America, but like. I'm not really going to be messing with it once I'm done. That's what yeah, I. But you see, you see most gross. of the women now they're in the NBA. Yeah, the most prominent women besides Becky Hammond who just returned, Swin yeah. Cash, Teresa Witherspoon. These are prominent WNBA players that do not work for the WNBA, and yeah. I cannot speak for them and tell you why. But when I look at stuff like this, I I, I kind of feel like I know why. Like yeah, I look how the operation is an outsider. Yeah. 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 Why would you, you know, not the, want to work for that organization? Yeah, yeah, the NBA is, you know, it, it took a lot of time to get to this point, but it's ran like a well-oiled machine. And there's women in these prominent, you know, front office positions that are making waves that are, you know, Becky Hammond was an assistant coach and Teresa Weatherspoon's assistant coach and Swin Cash yeah. is in the Pelicans front office. Like th they're making strides. And, yeah. you know, we need women to come back and to help make these changes with the WNBA. But looking yeah. and seeing how things are, why would I want to? Like, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the prominent names are not involved, yeah. you know, and they're just not. And and like you said, even if they were involved in the front office, if, if are they going to make the the great statements that you want to hear, like former NBA players make? And like, and, and we talked about playing the game forward. I think that's one thing that when the NBA became prominent in the '80s, and I'm sure we're going to find out some of that in the Winning Time documentary. Like, the one of the great thing is that even though no matter how to how they played or how bad, like Magic Johnson always had a smile on his face. Mm -hmm. And like, you're not seeing that from the WNBA community. Yeah, like the when they talk about the WNBA. No, they're, they're not. And, they're and they love basketball and they love yeah. the opportunity yeah. to play in front of their family and friends. And, yeah. you know, they love being able to accomplish one of their dreams, but it's not yeah. easy. It's hard. Yeah. Like people have no idea you know, and you think that as a pro that people are just living this lifestyle that's just, you know, incredible. Mm -hmm. But it's not always like peaches and cream all the time. Like, no, not at all. Yeah. So maybe the WNBA, in, in my perspective, is going through like internally what the NBA and the ABA went through in the 70s a little bit. Like 
you got to get the get it right, get the imposters out in essence, quote unquote, I don't know the word, word, word to use, like get the people who don't really want to be involved out. And then maybe you can get to where you want to go because that's next topic I wanted to bring up is the, the, the players association versus mm-hmm. uh, Ariel chambers. It was a tweet mm-hmm. earlier this week. And again, I follow her a bit. And from what I could tell, again, I'm a now totally outsider to that. Like she's as big as an advocate as you're going to have on the women's side, but like, then they 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 add her in the tweet and all, all the fans just turn on the the, the players association. Uh, take us through that a little bit. What happened, Chelsea? And then like, why are you attacking the person that's advocating for you? I, I don't. First of all, you can argue that Ariel is the biggest women's basketball you know advocate that there is, especially yeah. on on social media, especially yeah. on Twitter or whatever. So you know, for them to kind of single her out. Um, just being aware of everything that she's done for the game and pushing it forward constantly, you know, on the WNBA scene, even at the W the NBA all-star game, she's interviewing the players. Who's your favorite WNBA player. She's asking questions that we all want to know that kind of never gets talked about because it's the WNBA and nobody's talking about the WNBA besides her, to be honest. So the fact that she feels so passionate about yeah. that league and not even ever have been a part of the league because she's never played in the WNBA, you know, but yeah. just to feel so passionate and strongly about something that you have not dedicated your life, but you've spent a lot of your time, you know, yeah. trying to push the game forward and talk about how the league is yeah. important, how these girls need somebody to look up to, how, you know, yeah. just the list goes on and on of things that she's done. And it was truly hurtful. I don't know who runs the WNBA, in BPA's Twitter account, but you, you don't have to stray far away from women's basketball to not know the advocacy, the advocacy that this woman has for the league. And for, you don't have to be a WNBA. There's, you don't have to know anything about the WNBA and you can go on Twitter. And at some point in time, a tweet from her is going to pop up on your feed um, about, Hey, this is what's happening. The WNBA is important. Pay these women, respect these women, everything. So them to even single her out, one, and yeah. to think that, you know, she is doing anything other than pushing the game forward because of just a word that she used. I think she said, yeah. bet on women as if yeah. there's, and they took offense to it because they felt like there's some type of risk in using the word bet, yeah. and, you know, like, which is yeah. just something that's so small. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah. you know, she, she has her own platform, highlight her where it's all women's basketball, college basketball, you know, high school basketball, like just everything. Like to think, to take that small little word and kind of just misconstrue it and twist it into something else for your own narrative is just really, really upsetting. And Um, I think a lot of people took offense to it. And a lot of the players who love her got behind it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, look at the tweets every single day. She's representing women. She's representing our league. She's trying to push it forward. So for you to think that she's going against any type of, you know, thing that's women's basketball related is just sad. Like it's sad. And we all need to band together. Like, even if you felt the way that you felt about the word that she used, you could, you could DM that. Hey, you know, (laughs) our full side say, Ari, could we just have a meeting and we want to try to change this uh, slogan or wording a little bit. So so it doesn't misconstrue like to people that, but they singled her out and did a whole, yeah. Yeah. Like these are people that you need on your side. 
These yeah. are people that are doing a lot of the on the ground work that right. you're, I don't know who runs that account. I really don't know. But that's why everybody was upset. But it's like, this is, a, you know, somebody who's on the front lines fighting for this sport every single day. And here yeah. you come trying to create some crazy narrative that she's using the wrong, you know, verbiage in, in the message that she's yeah. trying to get across. Like, we don't like it. And everybody knows what she meant, bet on women. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean it, that there's any risk. There's involved. a big she's gamble. Saying, Put your money yeah. in it. Yeah. Put yeah. your money on them because yeah. it's going to be worth it. That's how yeah. I took it. I didn't take it as, yeah. oh, it's a risk and I'm in Vegas and I'm about to lose a whole bunch of money. Like, nobody <laughs> took it that way. Besides, yeah. <laughs> besides the WMVPA, whoever runs that account, yeah. it's crazy. Because to me, that proves what I'm saying earlier in the show. They know the people that they're dealing with, the owners and some of the stakeholders don't care. But they're well, but that that's dealing be. with those 20 people, not the world, the, not the fans and everybody that Ari's talking to. She's not talking to owners when she tweets and talks about how the girls are playing forward, they're bet on them. She's talking about the public. And Ari is talking with the players, the players. So yeah, everything players that she's it. saying, yeah. you can yeah. say, well, you're not a WNBA player, so why do you care? She's yeah. getting the information right from the sources. Yeah, they, they all engage with her. Go look at her followers. They're retweeting yeah. her. We love you. We're sorry they upset um, you. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. like, you know, it, it's coming right from the, the source. All the information that she says and the advocacy is coming from the players, their concerns, how they feel, what they want to see happen. And she's not even a player in the league. And she's doing all of this. I feel like, you know, yeah. you can't do anything but respect it. So why would you try to downplay it or make it be something that it's not? Yeah, it's 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 very difficult because people and, I, and I'll include myself and other people that watch the men's side, dabble in the women's side, watch a little bit, watch good basketball. You just want to watch good basketball like it makes us makes those people, especially if they don't have no vested interest to, to want to watch and say, oh, these girls are just fighting. They can't get it together. Like that yeah. hurts. It, it, no, it's hurtful. It, it, she was very it, upset. It, yeah. It leads to stereotypes that, that you know, if they're just arguing cat 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 nipping at each other. And, and, and they don't need that. They need all the support they can. So, you know, hopefully more positive information will and something positive will come out of that. Uh, obviously, we want to see Brittany Griner uh, return and that, you know, it maybe it's it'll be a flashpoint to get people to really understand what's going on in another country, you know, and, yeah. and what's going on. So we appreciate your insight of what's going on in Israel and, and other places like that and, and the insight you had on Russia. And like I said, hopefully next week we can talk to somebody who actually wasn't playing in Russia and get get her insight because we yeah. really like to hear what what she'd like to say but i but i think for now you know we'll wrap up and and like i said it's been a just a crazy week and and chelsea just in your perspective you know now that you've been abroad for that long and and you know living in in growing up in nevada you know despite our problems you know you like you said we don't live with the, the threat of bombs and things like that you know what what do you share with your family and what do you Tell your friends, like, man, I, I've learned so much. The game has taught me so much, or being involved in the game, I've been able to be blessed to see so much. You know, what, what do you, what's your final take there on on this situation and 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 what basketball has done for you? I mean, just basketball aside, honestly, being immersed in different cultures, yeah. and you know, I've only played in Israel, you know, Jordan, Puerto Rico, like only a few places, but sure. basketball has allowed me to go to China, to Greece, to Spain. Yeah. Wow. to France, you know, I've been to all these places because I have, you know, friends that are playing in nearby countries and just visiting, being close by, like, yeah. you know, I just feel so much gratitude for, you know, the opportunity that I have in front of me 
yeah. to just wake up every day and do what I love and play basketball and do it to a level that I'm able to support myself and, and, and make a living. Yeah. You know, I, I make enough money to only work six months out the year. And all I'm doing is practicing two hours a day and playing twice a week. And the rest of my time is free to do whatever, you know, yeah. but I, I just see like, you know, like I said, being in different places, how I just kind of felt helpless with, for the people in Ukraine and my friend. And, you know, there, there's, it just makes you appreciate like, you know, what you have, like yeah, yeah. there, there always can be, you know, you being in a situation or a circumstance that's not favorable, but, but I've been just blessed to be, you know, on good teams to, to receive payment, to, to be safe, to never yeah. have to flee a country and worry about, you know, or have my mom worry about me on Instagram, trying to figure out like how I'm going to get home. Like it, it just really gives you a lot of perspective. And, you yeah. know, I love basketball and you have to love it to be a pro, to be overseas, because it's yeah. hard. You have a lot of BS that comes along with, you know, not performing and maybe you don't have a guaranteed contract and the team wants to send you home. And, wow. you know, there, there's all that stuff that goes, but it, it's really on a small scale compared to just the opportunity that you have, you know, being blessed to be somewhere else to, to, to do what you love and, you know, to, to just play a game. It's like, yeah. I'm playing a game. Yeah. Yeah, so to me, I always try to keep that in perspective. You know, we lost the other day and, and you know, I'm down like, dang, we lost that game. But then you wake up and there's real stuff happening everywhere yeah. else. Like All I lost the game. When is Brittany Grinder's next game? She's locked up. We don't know what's happening. How are the people in Ukraine doing? Like there's just so much other stuff that it's like it, it, it gives me perspective and it gives me balance. At the end of the day, I played a game. We didn't win. And life goes on and there's so much other stuff that's happening that's, you know, that I shouldn't even, you know, bat an eye about me losing a basketball game in real world events. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? So for me, yeah. I I'm blessed. I'm fortunate. I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know, I'm happy to say that I've been a professional for nine seasons and, you know, I've been able to have great success in basketball. But, you know, I I'm happy that I've learned and I've seen a lot along the way because it's really shaped me and it's really given me you know, just kind of idea of how other people live and their cultures and, you know, how yeah. it's different from mine. And it makes you appreciate, you know, where you came from. No doubt. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. And we appreciate the insight. And like I said, as we wrap up here, hopefully next week we will, we'll touch on this. Hopefully some good news comes from, you know, the situation with Brittany and, and just the situation uh, abroad. Anybody who's been infected by that. And, and we'll talk a little bit about lighter topics. We want to talk about obviously the yeah. upcoming NCAA tournament. You know, hopefully there's some good news there. We're going to get your your take on that. Get we'll we'll have a little more information after the conference tournaments. And you know, until next time, on episode 120 of In the Paint, Ronnie and Chelsea are logging off. Bye.